Welcome in, everybody. I'm Travis Wilson, general manager, football writer at Wisports.net, coming to you with a special edition of the Wisports.net podcast on a Saturday afternoon. Why a Saturday afternoon, you ask? Usually, the WSN podcast is published on Wednesdays. Well, obviously, this is a big week, a big day, a big weekend. Last night, late, we found out the qualifiers for the high school football playoffs. We found out the regional groupings. And today, early this afternoon, we found out the seedings, the matchups, the brackets, the path to Madison, to Camp Randall Stadium that all the teams around the state will have to take. So we're going to take a look at kind of a rapid reaction of the seedings in how things played out in groups and seedings and things of that nature. We will do a more in-depth preview of every division in written form on Wisports.net coming up this week. You can look for them uh, probably beginning on Sunday, continuing through the early part of the week, where we'll take a look at the placements, some of the top offensive players to watch in each division, what teams might want to be on upset alert in level one of the playoffs, the best level one game potential. Please note the emphasis on potential, intriguing and interesting matchups the rest of the way. And then I'll make my picks for each game in each division as well. So that will be our bracket breakdowns uh, on each division coming out in written form. But today, we're going to focus in on the seedings and how things went, how I thought things played out, any surprises in some of the seedings. Sometimes uh, in the past, we've kind of done some various reactions on Twitter, you know, post some some thoughts there or on the message board. I But I thought it would be uh, maybe a good idea to just kind of put everything in one place here on a special edition of the Wisports.net podcast. Again, kind of a rapid reaction to some of the things that uh, that took place in the seating that happened earlier today. I was at my son's last youth football game, wrapped that season up as the seedings were coming out, but got a chance to look over everything and, again, put together kind of what I would deem surprises, perhaps, on some of the seedings. So we'll go through each division, which means that we'll start with Division One. In Division One, we had the potential for kind of a sticky situation. If, if eight teams from the northern part of the state would have qualified like we thought might happen, we could have been in uh, in a little bit of a tough situation of whether those teams would all stay together or not, but it turns out that Chippewa Falls got a win and got in, and so it made things a little easier. It allowed the WIAA to, to send Fond du Lac to the Madison area, as they've done a few times in the past, pretty quick trip, right down Highway 151. Um, but if you look at the Division I groupings and seedings in Group, excuse me, in Group A, Hudson by virtue of a loss in week eight, or excuse me, week nine, bumps all the way down to a five seed. I think they would have been in the hunt for perhaps a three or at least a four. And so Hudson's loss causes them to go on the road all the way to Appleton North in week one. I think if Hudson would have won in week nine, then they would have got that home game against Appleton North. Those teams have met a number of times in the playoffs. A lot of times they've played a neutral site game at Stevens Point. Uh, but this one is going to be at Appleton North. Hudson's going to make the trip across. And I thought even with the loss, Hudson might be in line 
for a four seed, but not how it played out. They only had one conference ally in that uh, grouping. And so Appleton North gets the four seed, and the Lightning get a chance to host that game. If you look in Group B, which is a number of the Madison Big 8 schools, and then Fond du Lac went down there, Arrowhead and Sussex-Hamilton come over from the suburban Milwaukee area. Arrowhead, as a five seed, I think is very interesting. Arrowhead started out very rough this year. (laughs) They lost their first three games, and we started to ask what was wrong with the Arrowhead Warhawks and what was going to get fixed this year or next year. But here they are, have won six in a row, and their reward is to go on the road to Verona. Arrowhead wins six in a row and they get a five seed. They've got to go on the road. I thought maybe they'd get a, I, I thought they'd probably get the four seed, to be quite honest with you, over Verona. Verona's a very hot team as well. But with the big eight schools in there, uh, you had what, four, five, uh, five big eight schools. Essentially, the big eight could decide what the, uh, what the seedings were. And so, Arrowhead's got to go on the road, and they went on the road to Verona a couple years ago, a game that I went to early in the playoffs as well. So um, maybe a little bit of a surprise that Arrowhead didn't get the four seed in that one. And then if you look in Group D, I just think in general, outside of Marquette, who's undefeated, really kind of a a weak grouping in, in many ways. You, uh, If you look at even Group B, where Arrowhead was a five, I think there's probably four or five teams in Group B that would have been seeded ahead of Oak Creek, who ended up getting the second seed in D. Excuse me, in Group D, and so it sets up very nicely for Marquette. But again, it's just uh, kind of a, a, a tough grouping, and not a lot of teams that had a whole lot of success this year. So that's our, our look at Division One. Um, you know, a few things as I mentioned: uh, Hudson, Arrowhead. Uh, but nothing that I, I think jumped off the page. I, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people that are upset that Fond du Lac and Kimberly and Bayport are all on the same side of the bracket, but that's how it goes. Whether they, you know, what, if you think Kimberly and Fond du Lac are the two best teams or you think Bayport and Fond du Lac are the two best teams, the fact that they're on the same side of the bracket might meet in the state semifinals instead of the state finals, well, so be it. There's still some very good teams on the other side of the bracket, three undefeated teams on the right side of the bracket. And I, I hope people don't lose sight of that fact. Division two, if we look there, I think there was maybe some interesting things in Division two. Um, right away in Group A, we kind of wondered last night as we were having some of our discussions how the other teams would view Marshfield's undefeated season in the VFA West, where they really did not play a great group of competition, including the crossover games against the other VFA divisions. They did not play the other top teams in the VFA and wondered if they might get a two or even a three seed, but they did actually get the one seed, which I I think is perhaps a little surprising. I don't think it's undeserving by any means. I just wasn't sure how they would view uh, Marshfield and and their season in that grouping. Uh, So you have River Falls as the two, Pulaski as the three. Kind of interesting that Menominee is a six seed. That's not a spot you generally think of for the Mustangs. And uh, also in that grouping, by the way, we have our only Saturday game, at least as of right now, as Kaukauna will travel to River Falls on Saturday at 1 p.m. So that's our only Saturday game 
in level one. If we look at group B, um, I think one thing that kind of stood out to me was Menominee Falls as a seven seed. Not that that's, again, undeserving or that um, they should have been higher or lower or indifferent, but there is some indication that Julius Davis, their standout running back who has been out since week two, that he will return this week in the playoffs uh, in level one. And that changes the dynamic of that team. That changes the dynamic of their matchup against Slinger. So Slinger is a two seed. You know, they get away from Homestead, who's the top seed in that grouping, but then they get a tough matchup against Menominee Falls, potentially getting their stud running back back. In group C, Holman is a five seed. They're the outright conference champion in the Mississippi Valley Conference, and the reward is to go on the road to DeForest in level one, as we knew that Wanakee and, and Monona Grove would be the top two seeds there. They're both undefeated. But then Oregon gets a three, DeForest gets a four, and Holman is relegated to a five. They only had one other conference uh, team in there with them in Lacrosse Central, whereas everybody else is out of the Badger Conference. Not to say that there was any anything uh, untowards or uh, unethical or anything like that, but the 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 natural thing is that you're going to have a uh, you know preference for the other teams in your conference because you're more familiar with them. And so we see Holman get a five seed in that grouping. In Group D, Brookfield East got a four seed behind Wilmot, who is a three seed. I think that's a little interesting. Wilmot comes out of the Southern Lakes Conference, where uh, Brookfield East comes out of the Greater Metro Conference. I think uh, most would agree the Greater Metro is a little bit stronger league overall. Uh, what it does is it does set up a potential Brookfield Central, Brookfield East rematch in level two. So that's kind of interesting. And Waukesha West is a six seed in Group D. They finished five and four overall. They were four and four in conference. So, again, not saying that it was not deserving, but it's not a position for Waukesha West as a six seed, kind of like we talked about with Menominee, not a position we're used to seeing the Wolverines in. Hopefully I'm not getting the hiccups here. If we take a look at Division Three, Onalaska is a four seed in Division Three, in their grouping in Group A. I think that's maybe a little bit of a surprise behind New Richmond and behind Ashland. If Onalaska would have won last night against Holman in their battle for the Mississippi Valley Conference title, I think there's a good chance you would have seen Onalaska as perhaps the two ahead of Ashland, or at least a three. And then if we go all the way down to Group C, not necessarily, I, I don't think it was wrong. Uh, it was just something that we had a number of uh, discussions about last night on our live stream. There were some people that asked about it a couple different times. Catholic Memorial and McFarland, pretty uh, clear that those were going to be the top two teams. Catholic Memorial had one loss this year, has one loss to Muskego, and a last-second uh, uh, loss to Muskego, and McFarland's undefeated out of the Rock Valley. There was some question about, well, because they're undefeated, would McFarland get the top seed? And I said the whole way, no, Catholic Memorial will get it easily. Um, I think even a two-loss Catholic Memorial team probably would have gotten the one seed over McFarland. Uh, but as it is, um, it'll be Catholic Memorial the one seed, McFarland the two seed. And McFarland has a tough game against a solid Pewaukee team right away, and then a potential level two game against Mount Hora Barneveld. 
that's a matchup we've seen in the playoffs a few years uh, back that Mount Horror Barneveld did score a few upsets along the way when those teams have met in the past. In Division 4, if we look over the groupings there, and I, I think Group C is one that has some interest uh, in terms of how the seeding played out. Uh, Mauston, conference champion, undefeated conference champion, in conference that is, in the South Central Conference. Their only loss was to Lake Mills. It was a competitive game. 26-14, to 14, I believe, was the score in that one. So Mauston finished 8-1. and one. The reward is to go on the road in level one. They have to go to River Valley. They got seated. We knew they would get seated behind Lakeside Lutheran. Figured they'd get seated behind Edgerton, who had one loss out of the Rock Valley. And then Lake Mills, you'd think they'd get seated behind uh, the Alcats because they had already lost. But to get seated behind River Valley, I think, is a little bit of a surprise that Mauston, a, a one-loss team, a conference champion team, would get seated five and now they've got to go on the road to River Valley. Speaking of that grouping, how about Lodi? Two weeks ago, they were the number two ranked team in the state. Now they've lost two games in a row to Lake Mills and Lakeside Lutheran, and they drop all the way down to a six seed. And I wonder if there was how much discussion there was or how much debate there was about whether Lodi should have got the five seed ahead of Austin. I think that's kind of interesting how that four, five, six group between Valley, Mauston, and Lodi, how that played out, how close the voting was, if there was any appeals, if there was anybody that thought that they should have been seated differently in that grouping. In Division 5, I think if you look at uh, Group A, I think there was a, a, a few items of note, not necessarily bad, but just, again, a team that you're not used to seeing in that position Arcadia, a number eight seed. Stanley Boyd, a number six seed. A few years ago, those were two of the best teams in the entire state for a few a few years, in fact. And now, you know, they had to struggle a little bit just to get into the playoffs and uh, seeded down towards the bottom. Also of note in Group A, Elk Mound got the three seed. Bloomer got the four seed. I thought potentially that was a result that could have been reversed. Bloomer coming out of the Harder North Conference, Elk Mound, the Dunn St. Croix. Um, I think there's a little bit of a gap in the overall uh, strength of those conferences. Even though Elk Mound was a conference champion, Bloomer wasn't. thought maybe that one could have went the other way. And then in Group D, how about the strength of this grouping where Amro is 8-1, and one. their only loss is to St. Mary Springs, and they're a four seed. There's a lot of teams that I like in Group D that I would like a lot more if St. Mary Springs was not in that grouping. Even teams like Valders and New Holstein, uh, I think, on the road, I think could cause some problems. But you have Springs in that grouping, you have Amherst in that grouping, you have Cedar Grove Belgium, Omro. I mean, those. that's a, a really strong grouping Hard to argue with how things went down, I guess, although perhaps Amro would have had a, an argument over Amherst if it wasn't Amherst, the three-time defending state champion. Amherst had the loss to Springs. They had the loss last night to Iola Scandinavia. In Division Six, there's a few things that I think are of note, and these aren't necessarily seeding things. It's just kind of how the groupings played out 
again, I don't think they were wrong. I don't think they were bad. I just think it's how it worked with the geography. But you have Regis and Grantsburg in the same grouping, two of the top teams in the entire state. Regis got the one, Grantsburg the two, which I think is what everybody would have expected. And then you have Iola Scandinavia on the left side of the bracket as well in Group B as the number one seed. My opinion, for what it's worth, is that Regis, Grantsburg, and Iola are the three top teams in Division Six, and they're all on the left side of the bracket. So that opens up the right side of the bracket quite a bit to, I don't know who, to come out of that side. Uh, there's a lot of good teams but I don't know if there's any great teams on the level of those uh, those three that I had mentioned. But there are some interesting seeding uh, things that happened over on the right side of the bracket. Wazika Seneca was undefeated this year, champions of the Ridge and Valley Conference. Second smallest team in Division Six, however. And so they got a four seed. They do get a home game. I thought there was actually a chance that they might not even get a home game if Mineral Point would have stayed in that grouping I think Wazika would have got bumped to a five. But I, I kind of wonder how much discussion there was of whether Cuba City should be seated ahead of Wazika Seneca. Lancaster is a three seed. This is the first time they've dropped down to Division Six. That's certainly interesting. And I think could uh, could be interesting for the other teams in that grouping. In Group D, you had Pecatonica Argyle goes eight and one. And they get a six seed in Group D. Lourdes Academy, eight and one, co-champions of the Trailway Small. They get a five seed. Again, I don't know that any of those were wrong decisions. I mean, Cambridge is undefeated. They're a top seed. Mineral Point has one loss, ranked in the top five. They're the two seed. We're seeing Lutheran. Their two losses were to very good teams. Martin Luther and St. Catharines, bigger teams. So they got the three seed, Marcusan, the champion of the uh, Trailways Large, or excuse me, uh, not the champion of the Trailways Large. They finished second in the Trailways Large, but they are in the Trailways Large compared to the small for Lords Academy. And so Marcusan gets the four seed. So you have a couple of one-loss teams that have to go on the road right away in level one in that group. In Division Seven, if you look at Edgar's bracket. I think it sets up very well for the Wildcats to not only get out of their grouping, but to get to state once again. I struggle to, uh, to, to see anybody on that side challenging them too much. In Group B, I thought um, there was a few teams in consideration or in the running for a top seed there. And Almond Bancroft got the top seed over Hilbert. Hilbert plays in the Big East Conference, which... I think most would agree is a tougher conference than the CWC small, but uh, not how it played out in the voting. Hilbert got a two seed. I, I think they had a legitimate argument to be the one seed over Almond Bancroft. How about in the other grouping, Group C, you have Bangor as the top seed. That was expected. And Highland, who had to squeak in as one of the last qualifiers, they finished under 500 in conference in the Six Rivers Conference. Three and four, they were one of the final uh, three or four qualifiers to, to make it into the playoffs. But they get a two seed when it comes to seeding for the postseason. And I don't think that's wrong either, because they beat Ithaca, who's the three seed. Ithaca beat DeSoto, who's the four seed. Those are the only other teams, I think, even in kind of consideration. 
And so it's just kind of how the grouping played out. And I, I think it's not uh, undeserving by any means that, that Highland would get a two seed. Like I said, having beaten Ithaca, who was the three seed. And then in Group D, how about Potosi-Cassville, who beat Bangor this year? Their only losses are to Peck Argyle and Blackhawk. But in their grouping, they get a four seed. Blackhawk is undefeated. We knew they'd be the one. But then you had Johnson Creek and Fall River, each with one loss in the trailway small. And Potosi-Cassville had two losses, but a great win over Bangor. And they get seated behind both of those teams. So that means Potosi, uh, Black, excuse me, Potosi-Cassville and Blackhawk would have to play in level two. So that's kind of interesting. Eight-man playoffs. First year for eight-man football in the state of Wisconsin to have a full-seeded tournament. And I think the only um, uncertainty in eight-man was whether or how Newman Catholic and Luck, the only undefeated teams in eight-man football, if they would be split up. Because the geography, depending on who was going to get in, the geography kind of indicated that they might need to be together. However, it did work out. The WIA did split those teams. They're both the number one seed in their respective sides of the bracket. And so uh, I think the expectation is that we would see Newman and Luck in the eight-man state championship game, but we'll see how it plays out. Otherwise, the the seeding, I, I think, uh, played out about as you would expect. Florence was a four seed in their side, but they uh, didn't play anybody in Wisconsin that had a winning record as an independent team, and they played a number of out-of-state teams, so kind of hard to judge where they were at. But uh, it'll be fun to watch. It'll be fun to see the eight-man playoffs, how they how they work, how they play out, um, and what kind of following and interest and everything it's going to attract from uh, fans and, and everybody around the state. So that's kind of our initial, my initial reactions, my rapid reaction to the seedings and how things played out in the groupings that uh, were announced and the, the brackets that were announced today. Again, stay tuned on wisports.net. In the coming days, we'll have a full divisional breakdown for every division in the state, looking at top players in each division, any upsets to keep an eye on, teams that should be on upset alert, the best game in level one in each division, some of the potential intriguing, interesting matchups down the road in each division, and my picks for every game in every Division. We'll see if I can uh, do better than last year. I think I, I ended up around a, uh, I want to say 75%, 80% prediction rate, something like that overall uh, across the entire playoffs. Hoping to do a little bit better this year, even. So look for that on Wisports.net beginning Sunday, tomorrow, continuing uh, Tuesday, maybe into Wednesday as we preview all seven divisions and the eight man football as well. So look for that on Wisports.net. Again, a special rapid reaction of our WSN podcast. I'm Travis Wilson, and we'll see you next time.